0: Robbie, what you got? Central Air on back there or something?
1: Yeah, right. I got it.
0: All right. Nice. Jason DeVillias. I'm talking to an empty chair, but I am not Clint Eastwood. I am a podcaster, and this is Sports Debate Tuesday. And sitting in that chair, unlike Clint Eastwood, yelling at an empty chair is Rob. Keep it McLean, McLean. What is good, my brother? How you doing, man? How you doing? Yeah, hey, just found out this morning, huh, Don Shula? One of my favorite coaches passed away, age 90. We're going to talk about him a little later in the show. We got some some NFL, we got some MMA, we got a little bit of beach volleyball, so let's get it started. Here we go. Question number one, Rob. NFL quarterback Andy Dalton signed a one-year $7 million contract with the Dallas Cowboys. With Nick Foles going to the Bears and Jameis Winston going to New Orleans, Rob, which starting quarterback on these three teams is the most in trouble as far as losing his starting job is concerned?
1: Well, I'll say, uh, you know, Andy Dalton going there is pretty cool. Um, that's uh, it's very interesting to see because Dak, you know, is not getting the long term deal. You know, Andy Dalton's a, the aging vet who could sign a long term deal if they don't get uh, Dak Prescott under um, under contract. And then you have <clears throat> Nick Foles, who I love going to Chicago. I, I, I think he's a great quarterback and he just needs to find the right system that has the weapons that they can explode with. You know, the Eagles didn't have the weapons for them, but for me, uh, Nick Foles is, is going to take over that, that role. I, I should, I think he should take over right now, but they're going to give uh, due diligence to Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. And, That's just how it's going to be because you can't just throw somebody under the bus like that. You'll lose a lot of credit with the players and the locker room. So um, they're going to give Mitch time to, you know, maybe he'll thrive under competition. But for a time being, uh, yeah, Nick Foles definitely is is the quarterback to to win out. James Winston also great, great. And I I would love to see what's going to happen, you know, with a guy with that kind of arm, that kind of talent under some sort of tutelage of uh, Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees would be really cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a changing of the guard anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Well, let me start by, Rob, if I may, let me start by process of elimination, who I think a starting job is not in trouble. And I want to start with, first with who you started with last. That's the New Orleans Saints. Um, Drew Brees, I think, has one more one year left on his contract, or maybe just signed for another year. One way or another, he's there for a year, and when the year's up, he's going to decide if he hangs up his spurs or goes away. And I don't think his job is in danger, and I'll tell you why. Because when he got hurt, when he got hurt, Bridgewater came in and was 5-0 and as a starter under the New Orleans Saints. And they had a ton of momentum and a trust system in him between the head coach to the quarterback and the quarterback to the players, all the way down the defense and special teams. So if Drew Brees was going to be replaced, if his job was in trouble, that was the time his job was going to be in trouble. Certainly not with Jameis Winston, with respect to him, who threw a sh- trailer load of touchdowns, but also a trailer load of interceptions. Which leads me to case number two. I bring your attention to the Dallas Cowboys. Man, always some drama, right? Gotta sign this dude. You could give Dalton his $7 million, but um, but... And and you could pay this dude and that and pay that dude. And I've always been defending Prescott. But Prescott has been holding out on some contracts that I thought he should just take it and run. And you and you co-sign with me, am I right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. There were some contracts in 105 or something like that. And it was like um XXX uh, something guaranteed. And you're yeah. like, dude, just take it. Be a cowboy.
1: So yeah. and he said might as well keep getting more. <laughs> right? So
0: so I think Prescott's job is not in danger either, but I think there's a chance he'll hold out. And I, they, the Dallas Cowboys, this is the level of thinking I think they're going. Their level of thinking is they can win. If he's out, there are a bunch of games they can win with Andy Dalton. There are a bunch of games that they're definitely going to win with Dak Prescott. You play Washington twice, you play the Giants, you know, uh, maybe it might be closer this year, but I think the Dallas Cowboys are still a better team. Um, those are the games you definitely win with Prescott, but you most likely win with Dalton. What they don't want to do is win a bunch of games and have him hold out. And then by, the, by the time he comes, he's, he's fighting catch-up ball. And you've seen him do it in, in individual games. Right? You're not using yeah. Zeke because next year, boom, they're down 21-0 or they're down 14-3 and they get nervous and desperate and start throwing. So just like that, um, Cowboys might be an accident waiting to happen, but he, his job ain't in trouble. Which leads me to my last thing. Tr- Mitchell Trubisky is the most criticized good quarterback in the NFL and it is justifiable. All right, you go second, and people like Patrick Mahomes gets drafted after you. It makes everybody scratch their head about how they reevaluate who's a, who's a top prospect and who's good and who is not. Um, mm-hmm. His fifth year um, option got declined. Nick Foles is coming in, and Nick Foles isn't just a quarterback. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Nick Foles ties the record in touchdown touchdown passes thrown in a game with seven. I think he tied Brett Favre. So. He's one of those guys that can get the Bears 10 and 6. And that even in a division that, that uh, Rodgers isn't ready to give up the crown, and even in a division where Minnesota, um, under good coaching and good tutelage and togetherness, seems to constantly get better too. So Detroit Lions... If, I mean, if you think Dallas is snake bitten, that's a snake bitten franchise, dude. They lost, they they lost uh, Cal- they lost Calvin Johnson to a freaking bomb to a hail mary by Aaron Rodgers, you know. So, yeah, who by the way they was they, they, what people don't talk about, he got a on the passer penalty, 15 yards, which put him in that position that people don't remember. So, mm-hmm. Rob, if the question is who jo- whose job is in a lot of trouble right now and the most trouble glaringly, um, co-sign with you on this debate show. No opposition here, my man. It's Mitch no Trubisky.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, and the other thing about that is, you know, I, I really think that Nick Foles is not going to be able to maximize what he can do unless he's in <clears throat> a situation for a full year. So, like, he's he needs to have, you know, that whole thing going for the whole year long to get the maximum amount out of him, you know. So if Mitch Trubisky comes in, if they can get him out of there in week two, I think it will be better off than week four, you know.
0: Yeah, 100%. Man, that was easy. (laughs) Supposed to be a debate show. Um, Moving right along. Uh, topic number two, UFC fighter Conor McGregor's meteoric rise to stardom transcended well outside the limits of the, of the sport, meaning that people who do not watch the UFC, much less mixed martial arts, know the name of Conor McGregor. Many believe that he's the best fighter in MMA today. So Rob, is he in fact the best fighter in MMA? Um, which we might, we, we, might, we might say no. And if not, who are three fighters in his division who can beat him on any given day?
1: Well, you want to take this one first.
0: Well, we're gonna go one and one. Um, okay. My, uh, we're gonna go three, two, one. Number three on my list of the other fighters that can beat Conor McGregor is Kevin Lee. Any, any, any fighter that has elite wrestling. And that it has good upper body strength and it has good endurance to be able to do that for five rounds. Has a very good chance of smothering Conor McGregor and drag- dragging them in the deep water where the wrestler swims the best and Conor swims the worst. We saw Chaz- Chad Mendes do that on nine days notice and had to cut weight from 163 to 145. And until he lost that fight, he got clipped. He was winning. He had top position. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of damage. I mean, Conor could take a hit, and Conor was very big for that division. He's big for 155. So mm-hmm. Kevin Lee is one of those guys. He has a chin, and he does the chicken dance if he gets hit hard, but you never really see him get knocked out. You mostly see him get, lose his fights by submission. He gets caught in the hole because of poor jiu-jitsu. Um, not poor jiu-jitsu. Not a, um, that's such a bad word to say at that, that elite level. You're just getting caught by big guys, by by sick, sick, slick guys, right? You get, mm-hmm. you get submitted by RDA hey, ain't no shame, okay? So I take that back halfway. Uh, But a a lot of his losses have been by um, submission, so I don't see Conor submitting him, and I don't see Conor knocking him out. Kevin Lee, who's your third? Uh,
1: My third, um, I was thinking about this for a while, but uh, my third, I think, is actually going to be Edson Barbosa. Um, And I say that because I believe that Edson Barbosa's loss is really based on how he defends his opponents, you know? And I think a lot of times, especially when he faces his wrestlers and stuff like that, he focuses more on how to counter his opponent as opposed to using what he's good at and making them kind of change to him. So I feel like, you know, Edson Barbosa is still growing, and I still think he, in a a total stand-up, because you know that's what Conor wants to do, you know, even with Nate Diaz, you know, not being able to, you know, um <clears throat> having a much better opportunity to submit him on the ground, he's still gonna stand with him, you know what I mean? And he's and Connor wants to stand all day long. So a guy standing against another guy, Edson Barbosa is one of the scariest dudes out there. And uh I think if he if he leads with his legs and, and he actually executes a plan, like kicks the legs out when he gets close, like man, he, he he's a scary dude. So that's 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 definitely my number three.
0: Yeah, it's strange you should say that because when I mentioned the chicken dance with Kevin Lee, the guy who made him do the chicken dance <laughs> with a spinning with a spinning heel kick mm. was Edson Barbosa.
1: <laughs> that dude is crazy. Man. He
0: is ridiculous. So uh, my number two is Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib Nurmagomedov, six Samba wrestlers. Samba um, is highly underrated as far as a uh, ground game, as far as American wrestling and jiu-jitsu and, ta- and taekwondo. Nobody talks about Sambo, 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 Sambo wrestling and the best the most elite fighters we we've encountered from Russia of uh, Fedor um Aminenko, good Sambo guy. Um Khabib Nurmagomedov wrestles bears, wrestles cubs. <laughs> you know, um so I'm not picking him to be Connor because he's done it before even though I think we both can stipulate that we both can stipulate that we don't see what will happen much differently <laughs> if they fought again. So I'm I'm not trying to make the illogical, trying to break my rule, one of my my um commandments of logic saying just cuz something happened before that it's going to happen again, but there has, there's not a whole lot of evidence that anything will happen differently. Khabib can also take a shot. When Khabib dropped Connor in the second round, he went after him. And when he went after him, Connor cracked him. Cracked him that, that would have dropped uh, anybody else, but didn't drop mm-hmm. Khabib. And Khabib got hit in the face and was like, okay, I'm still going to smother you and we're still going for a ride. And while he was on top of him, what was he saying? Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk, Connor. He, it was, yo, you know what it reminded me of? When I was growing up and my mom used to whoop my ass. <laughs> and she had the bell. How many times did I tell you not to be leaving? For, I mean, man, you talk, man. I mean, Khabib Nurmagomedov.
1: <laughs> well, my number two is uh, is Tony Ferguson. And uh, I'll talk about him against Conor first. Uh,
0: Abdel, I see you. Sorry, go ahead. <clears throat>
1: um, you know, Tony Ferguson, you know, crazy dynamic. I think that he is my number 2 for this reason that he's he likes to take the fight everywhere but that doesn't mean that he necessarily isolates the fight in one area. Uh, and I think that gives more of a favor to Connor where a lot of that leads to more standing up than it does on the ground. And he does his little, you know, jumping at you, spinning, try to tangle up the legs thing, but I think if you're if you're a high IQ fighter, you know, you just stay away from those little trick things, and you try to stay on your feet and you don't get taken down, you know, that's, you know, I think Conor has a, a very oppor- very big opportunities all over the place to, to, to finish Tony or to put Tony out with, you know, stun him and then put him out with a barrage or, or some, something along those lines. Um, yeah, So, in so my, Tony's in your my number eyes, two? Tony's my number two in the my, I don't think it's that uh, he's, the, he's not the number one fighter in the world. I just think uh, the way the matchup is, I, I think that Khabib is a better matchup against Conor McGregor than uh, than than Tony Ferguson would be.
0: Yeah, listen, yeah. Um, we we can go down a list of who our best fighters are and who who's second best, a third or whatever. But styles make matchups. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Johnson, who used to be one fifty five, moved down to one forty five. I think he's back in one fifty five. Ultimate Fighter winner. That is Tony Ferguson's last loss. And Michael Johnson, who's a wrestler who has pretty good pop, pop—you know—a pretty decent right hand—threw um, him all over the cage. You know, okay. he couldn't finish Tony because Tony's impossible to finish. You can't rattle his brain because I don't even think there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff up there to rattle. Which goes to my point: why, uh, why I'm, I, I have Tony as my number one. I understand why you have him as number two because the more the fight stays standing, the more it serves Conor as an advantage, as, as opposed to um, dirty boxing, as opposed to cage, and as opposed to this and that. With that being said, my argument is that Connor struggles against people who have a reach that's as long as his or say are significantly longer. Nate Diaz got cracked a lot of times, but he didn't get cracked full force because connor connor's extension who were who were dropping people with with less of a reach advantage were getting hit harder so in addition to to someone like Nate having a strong chin and in addition to um Connor um, Connor's gas tank and being out there and going against volume strikers. I, t- I give you Nate Diaz and I tell you get take Nate Diaz, give him a two or, or give him a Nate Diaz, multiply it by two and a half. I'll give you Tony Ferguson. If he had trouble, Beating Nate Diaz that first match. If he had trouble surviving Nate Diaz that second match, because I, I, even if he won, I, I, and, a lot of, and I dispute that. I thought that was a draw. I thought I thought Nate had a 10-8 round, which made it a draw. But even, if he had that much trouble with Nate, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble with Tony. And I guess my question to you is, before you get to your number one, and your number one's obvious, my question to you is this. Does waiting longer serve Conor more of an advantage or less? Is, do you think Tony's training really hard? Where he's getting maybe his—he's uh, not one of those guys that spars hard. But do you think he's training really, really hard? Where uh, maybe uh, maybe he might be a step slower and get caught more. <laughs> so my question to you is: um, the longer the, the 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 weight goes for those two to fight, who serves? Who serves? Does it serve as an advantage to
1: between uh, Khabib and,
0: and Tony Ferguson
1: and, and Tony? Um, I honestly think that it's gonna only help. Uh, Khabib. Uh, No, no,
0: no, no, no. no. Between Tony and Connor. Sorry.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, between Tony and and Connor, uh, I think it's going to help, uh, Tony just because the more time he has off, the more time he doesn't have to like injure his body in trainings. And, you know, he gets to rest a little bit, you know, Connor is the one that needs to needs to be active. You know, he's only fought once in four years now. So. <clears throat> he needs to, you know, be able to kind of up his, you know, game, uh, fighting experience. But, and then in essence, everybody's coming back, you know, from, uh, an off period. Yeah. So, um,
0: well, for MMA it, guys, uh, yeah. that's right. Come on. If you get a six month suspension, you're not going to fight. You're probably not going to fight in uh, four to six months anyway. So,
1: yeah, but even sparring is different than mm-hmm. fighting and competition. Okay. You know, percent. So, I think everybody's kind of coming back in the same slate and, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting. It's very who's,
0: interesting. Who's your number one? Say it with me.
1: Uh, Khabib. Uh, Khabib. Just because I feel as though his his style is just the 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 perfect kryptonite to whatever Conor's trying to do. Because if you if you really think about it, um, Conor is almost so great at at almost at one thing, being a knockout artist. But he's almost not really great at anything else. You know, he's almost like a Ben Askren, but like he's got the one thing everybody wants to see. You know, he's got the knockout punch at 170 pounds and 160 pounds. So he, you know, he's got the star power, but he doesn't really, he never really maximized his potential, you know, and I think that's what's showing up at the end of the day is that, you know, Tony Ferguson is going to crush Conor McGregor if he implements a plan. Uh, Khabib is going to crush Conor McGregor if he, does what he does. You know, and yeah. Connor has to do whatever he needs to do to maximize his ability now so that he can defeat those opponents. It's not he's not coming in as the front runner and that's that's the issue, is that, you know,
0: I really like your choice with Edson Barbosa because how many times you see Connor go against someone who's eight points striking, is as, di- as dynamic and as original, exactly. as, or as original as Connor is? Not to mention the reach. Like, Connor has a 74 inch reach. I think Edson Barbosa is like 71. And that, that goes into the category of close enough because all mm-hmm. of the people that Connor starts is like 68, 67. Um, Nate was longer. Nate was 76. Tony Ferguson is 77. Uh, Kevin Lee is 78. Um, man. So, but it's about how uh, you how, use it.
1: How do we not get a, a Nate Diaz and Khabib match? Like, well, how? Where has that been in our life? I don't know. Has? Has that never happened before?
0: That's a good question.
1: Like, come on now.
0: <laughs> That's a good question, and and at some point, I think they're snake bitten. But at some point, Khabib and Tony, <laughs> they've tried to make this fight.
1: I don't think so. Man. Uh, one. I don't think so. Two.
0: Three. Seven times now? Five times. Five times they tried to make this match. And two of them ended because of freaky, I mean, got canceled because of freaky things. Tony tripped over some wires. It was on yeah, almost a year. A year. But the week of
1: that, the fight. That almost seems like he, he hurt himself prior and then that happened. And it was like, oh, I, like now it's yeah. something, you
0: know? Yeah, well, big up to um, um, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I forgot the guy's name. He's um always oh, on Joe Rogan's podcast. He's a really cool dude. Um and he's a great jujitsu dude, the high big time conspiracy theorist. I I can't I am loath to say I can't remember his name. That's that sucks. Eddie Bravo. Oh yeah. Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo um is his coach and big up to them and and just the smart training and just coming up with new ideas all the time. Uh the reason why this topic came up because I think when you have someone who's the most popular uh, fighter in in mixed martial arts, people are under the impression that they're the best. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think people... Get too carried away, and you know, oh, like, like, oh, he proved all the doubters wrong, beating Donald Cerrone. And I'm like, if you picked Donald Cerrone to beat Conor McGregor, you're not, you don't watch the sport. He didn't prove any doubters wrong. We, you and I already agreed stylistically that was not a good matchup. You got a guy who starts slow against a guy who finishes people fast. That is a, that's a recipe for disaster, my man. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So there, there was that. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll close out with that. Close out with that. We got, we got our, our three, and our, I really love your third. And that was, that'd that be, I don't know, that's, which, that's a fight. That, like if they make a Matrix movie, <laughs> maybe you just have the two of them in it and fight in that. Um, just stand up. All right, so this day in sports. I'm going to get a little, a little deep here. Pete Rose, this day in sports, May 5th, this Tuesday, May 5th. Um <laughs> Pete Rose <laughs> gets his three thousandth hit. Now Pete Rose is the fourteenth player to reach the three thousand hits and um we never but um and I think he leads. He still has holds the record most career hits, four thousand two hundred and fifty-six. And this question has been asked before but never asked on this show, and, and since we gotta cover this as one of our bases and it means a lot a lot to me, um, and we're gonna dive into this. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame?
1: I mean, absolutely. And this is, as a baseball fan, this is as a Pete Rose fan, and this is like as an ethics fan almost. Um, I get the whole punishment. I get if somebody's being vindictive or if they're trying to, you know, continually hurt the Shield or they're trying to go through back channels to earn money through what they did, but – Pete Rose has been nothing but, you know, apologetic. Um, he's always accepted his uh, his his suspension. He's never badmouthed the people that gave it to him. He he admitted his wrongs. You know, I'm not to say he never did, but you know, he hasn't continually, you know, and yeah. over time, different people that are supposed to be the commissioner. And then you look at how people are being treated now and how uh punishments are being handed out now for cheating. Uh, and we don't even have to go into the, the Astros or you know, the,
0: <clears throat> the we steroid just, we scandals just
1: or the you know the, the the uh corked bats, you know, the corked balls, you know, the tar on the on the fingers for the pitchers. You know, we can go through a thousand things, but his was deemed upon most seriously and I understand that, but if you have any type of leniency, you understand that he he, he could he doesn't have to he's not going to be able to earn back his endorsements, you know he's not going to get back the fans that loved him, you know he's not going to be able to do anything other than to help the Cincinnati Reds be a better franchise, and to get to a place where he right, rightfully deserves. I mean nobody that is one of the best the most important skills in baseball, which is the one of the most important sports in our country's history and he's the leader at the leader at the top of the board of all the greats that have ever played he hit the most hits you know he's hit the most doubles you know he's hit the most switch hit doubles you know he's the best of all yeah. like he's the best hitter of all time. I'm
0: looking this way cuz I'm looking at all the numbers it's just sick dude
1: it's staggering you know mm-hmm. and um yeah it's 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 actually sad because I think it puts a stain on the game, you know, not that he put, but what we continue to have and it can change you know he wants to be there, he's there to make the image change to it not be a black spot on the league. It never has to be seen that way again. It can just be Pete Rose, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, you know yeah. he served his time,
0: yeah. Well, Rob, this is supposed to be a de- debate show, but once again, just like the movie Eight Mile, you did an Eminem on me. I know everything he's about to say against me. <laughs> I am white. I am a freaking bum. <laughs> I do live in a trailer with my mom's. Um, everything you. you said is uh, is one hundred percent correct. And I, um, in this society. Um, it's very very easy to, to for someone to do 19 things right and one thing wrong and, and people use that as a straw straw man argument why he should be hung out to dry. Now this in this day society I understand that I don't understand in the past have, where everybody just made mistakes all the time and you got punished for it and you've been forgiven and you come back from it. All right. Now from an I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna tackle this from all ends from an off the field perspective, Rob McLean. You have people in baseball who are racist that are in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb, Ken. Lost, lost the amount of times a guy used the N-word. You got people who beat their wives, beat the living crap out of their wives. You got guys who commit fraud. You got guys who commit um, grand larceny. You have people that commit burglary. And, and and a lot of these people are not only still revered, but a lot of, some of these people are in the Hall of Fame. And then, for so, so I just got that off the field covering. People says, no, it's not off the field that matters. It's only on the field, all right? Or? Okay, good for him. As a side note, so weird that a lot of the sports you can bet on yourself conor mcgregor uh floyd mayweather bet on himself when he fought conor mcgregor okay perfectly legal okay okay gee so on the field it only matters what you do on the field what did you just say how many people got busted for performance enhancing drugs that are in the hall of fame that is it's just ridiculous you want me to name some names people that know barry bonds used Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire won the home run title. Him and Barry Bonds stole the home run title using performance enhancing drugs. Why did you do it? A ticket to enhance my performance. Rob, you think I'm going to take it to diminish my performance? Oh, but baseball ain't got a problem with that, right? Oh, it only matters what you do in the field, right? Yeah, sure. And you just said stealing signs, Astros, Boston Red Sox, literally telling the the guy what the pitch is going to be so the guy's prepared for the pitch. Oh, but the integrity game uh, game took a hit, but it's not a deal breaker. Those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Those coaches are going to be in the Hall of Fame. You got a, a guy over here who denied that he bet, but didn't throw any but unlike Lance Armstrong and unlike on some other people who denied, he didn't go after reporters and people's career. He just stayed silent and then until he was ready to come clean, which is, I think is the right way to do it, Rob McLean. If you get busted for performance in Hesson if you get busted doing something wrong. There's two things you can do. One, you could just come clean, you got me. Or you can go hide. You don't go out there and you chest thump and you deny, deny, and you throw people under the bus. I'm gonna go on Oprah later to be like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Because cause in that instance, sorry don't mean Ash. This man did it. He's sorry. He has a gambling problem. Um, the, the Dowd dad reports uh, suggesting that he bet against his teams on some of that. And that's why people have a problem with that. Because as a, as a baseball manager, there are ways you can tank the game if you bet against your team. But there is no evidence. Except this guy's belief. The guy that, that did the report said, "I believe it," and there's no evidence. The guy who's who's only supposed to submit a report based on evidence says he he there's no evidence, but I still think he did it, and 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 it's just sickening. It's maddening that this that this man bet on baseball decades ago, and you have people that are cheating is what, uh, what what is close to which it feels like yesterday. No problem for them. Integrity a the game, go kick rocks. Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The Cincinnati Red, who won as a player and as a coach. The leader in hits. These, the stats are just amazing. Most consecutive games with 600 or more at bats, dude. Most consecutive games with 100 more hits. Most seasons with 200 or more hits. Most career total bases as a switch hitter. Most career runs as a switch hitter. I could go on and on and on but we're gonna stop because we agree this debate was over before it started make mine pete rose Woo! <laughs> like that Ric flair thing gotcha uh, <laughs> he's a yeah you got it <laughs> topic number four by the way abdel Stoon agrees um uh, edson barboza would be a sick match his, his three picks were mine. His picks were Khabib, Tony, and Kevin Lee. And he said mm-hmm. a lot of really good guys, Connor, because they get caught up in this hype. A lot of good guys, you know, won't even get to fight him. Uh, Gaethje, I don't think he's a good match for him because uh, they both had bad gas tanks. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they just get stabbed in the gas tank, get kicked in the gut, you know?
1: I know. I think Gaethje, yeah, loses that Connor McGregor fight just because he doesn't really implement his offensive wrestling. Right. So maybe defensively, his wrestling is great, but he's so
0: good at it, too. And he doesn't use it.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, the same thing with Edson Barbosa. And that's why it's tough for me to put him on that list sometimes, because there's what I see is so much when he's trying to kick. It's almost so reckless that I'm like, all right, well, you know, use that and, and, and create space with that recklessness. Don't he always uses that recklessness on defense. And if you're if you're somebody that's stalking, you know, a a fighter, and then somebody's just being reckless, you can kind of see that and just kind of faint back and then get back again, and he leaves himself so open doing that. But if you're doing that on the attack, you know, nobody knows where it's coming from, so you're going to be reckless and then you're going to, you know, do some damage. That's why he just, when he he kicks the legs and, oh, man. Like, if he did that to any top athlete, if he kicked somebody's leg so much that it welted up, he's going to win that fight. You know, yeah. I don't care who Get you it? are. So that's all I'm saying. No, no, no. Uh, oh no, no. Uh, um, Be- Barbosa. Yeah. You know, like he's gonna do. He's gonna. So that's why. But he's had just, some stoppages, if, if, right? If you don't, if you don't implement that tech, you know.
0: Yeah. You're not but that fighter. He, but he's he's had some stoppages uh, via. That's, uh, what I mean. yeah, so. that's what I mean. Yeah.
1: That's what I mean.
0: There's your proof right there, my dude. <laughs> Proof's in the pudding.
1: Proof's in the pudding.
0: All Sorry. right. So listen, we're going back. We're gonna finish with um. Mixed Martial Arts, because this Saturday, big event I've been waiting months for. Um, some changes um, in, in the double main event, but change some one change for the better and one, one, eh, we could get into that. UFC 49 is coming up this Saturday and is stacked with a card that has two title defenses. Outside of the double main event, um, the question is, which match is the most intriguing to you? And I'd like to go first, all right? Yeah, and before yeah, yeah. I go, uh, I I um and I said the double main event doesn't count. I'm very very glad to see Dominic Dominic Cruz back in the mix and he's fighting Cerruto. I, I was going to say that um, too. With Styles making matchups, it's just just him alone doesn't even matter who he fights. Just him back is an intriguing matchup because the guy takes so much time away and doesn't believe in ring rust. And when it's time to to put the proof in the pudding and 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 practice what he preached, man, does he deliver? Does he? Mm-hmm. Does he not? So mm-hmm. big up to Dominic Cruz. Glad to have you back. Um, so I have Fabrizio Verdoom versus Alexei Olenek. I had another match. I was I was prepared to talk about, and then I, I just looked again, and and you can look again and again, Rob, and you can come up with different ones. I know ones, there's dude. a lot of them. There's a so, lot. So Alexei Ray. Olenek, for those of you who don't don't know don't know who he is, Russian cat, or um, fifty eight wins in mixed martial arts. Forty six of his fifty eight wins are by submission. Fighting Fabrice Verdoum, the guy who submitted Fedor Emelianenko, the guy who submitted Minotaro Nogueira, the guy who submitted Kane Velasquez to win the UFC heavyweight title. Hmm. I don't know. Are these guys going to. When you have two MMA uh, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Samba fighters that are so good on the ground, do they have an unset agreement where they're just going to agree to fight on their feet? Or do both of them just sit on their butt before the, before the match starts and that guy with the dreads, Herb gene is like, you ready? You ready? And they just like lower themselves via hand and button and just connect on legs. How is this match going to go? Is it going to end by knockout? I mean, we're not talking about slick submission artists. We're not talking about uh, the, the the top five in their in their craft. We're talking about the best of the best. We're talking about guys who submit people that can't that can't be submitted. So Shane, Kane Velasquez got submitted, dude. Got submitted. Yeah. Uh, Fedor and, and got honey dicked. He got he scored a knockdown. The knockdown wasn't that hard, but it was a hoodwink. He fell, and Fedor came on the pounce and got sucked in a triangle choke and reluctantly the one tap <laughs> That's how that happened so mm-hmm. um i'm gonna I might go in the one match after this if we have a little bit of time, but the floor is yours, Rob. who's the most intriguing match to you
1: I mean the most intriguing one is uh nuganu and and uh, Rosenstruke, you know, and that is just crazy I, I mean again, hopefully that doesn't turn out to be like uh the who was it? Um, who's the big bull? I can't forget it. I can't Alistair remember.
0: His name. Alistair Overeem. Alistair
1: Overeem. No, the uh, lefty, the, the big, uh, the big dude. Oh, in the heavyweight um, division. I, oh, Stefan Struve. Nah, the dude. Am I going too big? He's six <laughs> ten. No, the big, big black dude. I can't remember his name right now. What the heck is his name?
0: Oh, I'm um, Derek Lewis. Yeah. I can't
1: believe how that. I match hope it turned doesn't out. turn out like that, right? You know the Derek Lewis Nagano fight, but. You know, the worst heavyweight fight of all time. But um, Nugano, man, I just hope that, you know, Rosenstruck is a guy who wants to throw. You know, that that's definitely not going to go two rounds. You know, if it does, it's going early, mid, two rounds. That's it. They'll be disappointed. Um,
0: the fighters will be know, disappointed if that goes to a decision.
1: Yeah, because it's just they're not going to throw if, if that's it. You know, they're going to throw once around. round. Uh, but I think it's going to be uh, a fight where Rosenstruck really pushes Nugano to engage. And then I'm I'm just really interested to see what like how Nagano is gonna, you know, uh, adjust and uh, you know show off his IQ as a fighter because um, if he hasn't you know grown as a fighter at this point then you know his career is kind of it's kind of tapering off here. So uh, this is a really big fight for him. And I think it's a really great matchup and that's pretty much the most intriguing fight <laughs> that I think anybody's going to see that night.
0: Definitely. I bring your attention to Calvin Qatar too against Jeremy Stevens, two guys, two guys that are hot headed at that, a short fuse. I like to bang. Um, definitely going to see that. I also bring your attention to Vincent Luque and Nico Price two two more go-getters. Uh, Uriah Hall, um, New York native. Is going to be fighting Jacare Souza. Um, Uriah Hall is the guy who, if you remember, the Ultimate Fighter. Like his highlight reel was that spinning back kick that knocked someone mm-hmm. out. That we thought we thought he killed him or gave him like permanent brain. It, it was scary. The yeah. knockdown wasn't scary, but like watching the guy trying to recover, we were just like, "Ouch!" <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, you
1: uh, uh, there's another fight too. Anthony Pettis. Anthony yeah. Pettis is fighting you.
0: The... And I was going to ask that. Is that a fight we need to see again? That's Cowboy.
1: Um, I mean, I think that Anthony Pettis is, is kind of like re, reinvigorated, you know, I, I think again, it's a great, I think every fight is important in the sense of it, it puts a, it puts everybody to the test. You know, I think that Cowboy has a lot to prove, you know, if he wants to stay in the game and, and that's in an all seriousness and whether or not I, I think that he, you know, didn't show up in a big, uh, you know, fight again or not, or, you know, he can fight till you know, which to us wasn't away. a surprise. But should he stay in? You know, I think it depends on if he's fighting at a high level. And you know, Anthony Pettis is a, is a is in the same position, a lot younger, but in the same position where you know, if he doesn't put up good fights, you know, you know, you gotta you gotta keep the standard high. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Pettis. Uh, I think I think again, this great great litmus test for both of. them.
0: You never, I want Peders to keep fighting because one, I don't think he sustained a lot of damage in his fights, even though it seems like he bruises easily, (laughs) you know, like, like he lost his fight to RDA because he got punched early in the first round. And the guy never uses, makes excuses. They're like, Oh, do you think your eye made you lose? And he's like, no, my eye got damaged because he punched me in it. (laughs) You know? So uh, I I like that. He's like, Hey, all right, big up, um, big up to this guy. Not my day, and I'll be back. And he's v- been very, very exciting to watch. Um, knocked out Stephen Thompson, which all of us I will call an upset. I don't, I didn't see that coming. I just thought yeah. Stephen Thompson had size, and Stephen Thompson had a good chin. And I'm like, so many people have hit Stephen. I uh, like Tyron Woodley, and him went Ted Rounds, and Tyron Woodley, yeah. de- Tyron Woodley decked that dude, and he can, and he recovered. So. I just didn't see Pettis knocking out. But
1: when you look, when you, when you hear about, when you see those things on TV though, that's when I think you start, you know, asking like what happened in training? Did he get clipped in training? You know, mm, stuff like that. I think Anthony Pettis, I think he put on a lot of, uh, beat. Uh, a lot of, uh, he got worn a lot in his earlier years, you know, when he was trying to come up, he had a lot of, Dog fights, you know, a lot of like tough battles. Because, again, I just think it's because he's not a guy that specializes anywhere. You know, he's kind of a jack of all trades, but to put it together, he's, he's got to really connect on something or be in a scramble mode and connect. Then, if you're in the pocket with somebody and trying to outmaneuver them, you know, uh, I don't think he's that skilled or that specialized in that area.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. I like it, man. Good cover, man. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, n- not to mention Greg Hardy, ex NFL star linebacker, is going to be fighting Jorgen De Castro. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Hardy, um, out of his That's out of, be Greg Hardy one. out of his six because wins, Castro's five. Nice. A, yeah, out of his um, I think, out of his six wins, five a KO. Yeah,
1: both like, of them. He, he was real nice. I think he was a lefty, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. Well, he's and power of yeah. both hands, but he fights left. He fights left-handed. I think he's right. He's weird. I think he's righty, and he, but he fights left-handed like this but man yeah. he got
1: the power in both and man it just looks yeah. dangerous like that's what I'm saying Greg Hardy's in for a fight
0: very similar he, though. he gonna
1: get the beating that you know everybody wants him to get it sounds that's
0: like, why do you think everybody's like oh no you know why does this guy get 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 to because you know, he's a high profile thank you
1: and, uh, somebody who you know kind of beat their wife or beat their woman you know and, and is known to do that so it's like it's like being in prison like you, you if you if you rape somebody or you're a child unless are like you won't get it <laughs> you know that's just Derek that's, lewis is wanting that fight. rule the law yeah he wants that fight
0: because <laughs> he derrick lewis is very very keen on pe- people that beat on beat on a woman he does not i don't yeah. i don't know if there's a pastor of just um I, I, well no, no I, don't, I don't think you have to have a pass I, it disgusts me it disgusts me to see a guy bullying like beat on his on his woman All right you know, you just, i think like, if you just even like see huge... it
1: once you know I mean, yeah. you don't even have to be affected by it but it's just it angers. You see me. it once, it's like, nah, that's not right.
0: <laughs> it angers me. I, I mean, I remember growing up. I said, don't do that in front of me. Was, you know, I got. To, I didn't mean to get involved, but I'm. But I also remember getting involved in those situations. When the cop comes, they ask the wife what happens. They say you started it because <laughs> she well, got to go home with him.
1: <laughs> and that's the other thing is like it could be that you were in a situation where like I, I could like you could have done something and uh, but but you didn't. You know, you yeah. have to restrain yourself, and that's that's like the, and that's what you're expecting out of somebody else. And if they don't give that at least, then you got to go teach them a lesson. You know? Yes. More, um, more power to could,
0: could this be the guy? I mean, right now, um, Hardy's five and two. All of his all of his wins except for one, I think, is a knockout. I think he won a decision, and he he lost a no contest. or uh, not lost. He had a no contest and and a loss to um, Volkov, a unanimous decision. But I thought it was closer than it was. Um, but Volkov won, and then you got DiCastro. All of his wins are knockouts. That dude, don't ooh a tornado hits yeah. meets a volcano, huh?
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be a funny one. <laughs> I think you gonna see a, yeah. a big old grown man flopping around the ring. That's what I'm thinking.
0: We gotta do a watch party for that dude.
1: <laughs> for real.
0: Right, we gotta do yeah, we gotta do right. We gotta do a virtual watch party for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, zoom it up or something.
0: No, nah, no doubt. Cool, man. All yeah. right, so now. We go into our section of, (laughs) say it with me, (laughs) good idea, bad idea. (laughs) Doing my video switching, bear with me. You can. Let's do this. Okay, Rob. Good idea, bad idea. Garrett, uh, Miles Garrett picking up a fifth-year option with the Cleveland Browns?
1: Um, bad idea, honestly. Um, I, I think he should just kind of, you know, get his bearing somewhere else, you know, go find a, a better place, a better locker room, better area to be in. Um, not to say that the Browns, you know, you know double cross him or anything, but I just think he needs a, a new environment to be in because, you know, if he has the option to do that, he's going to get paid somewhere, maybe not extensively, but he can c- control the years he's going to get paid. Uh, the Browns, they're either going to ask for a hometown discount or try to sign into a long-term deal at a discount rate because of the stuff that ha- happened last year. I think you guys just got to get somewhere, get out somewhere, get a one-year, two-year, three-year deal, yep. you know, get a different look in the league. Um, you'll probably go to a better team, a team that you you can choose and go to and succeed a little bit instead of, Depending on if the Browns will ever get good enough, um, I think it's a bad idea.
0: Yep. Well, with the horn already honking, um, <laughs> didn't honk and never went off. Shame, shame. Um, good. So since the horn didn't go off, I will end like this. I think it's. Uh, I, I, I agree because no, I think it's a good idea because the Browns had his back when he did something egregious and stupid. So there's a there's a sense of unity there. The Cleveland Browns have his back. So you got to stick with the team that still has his back instead of a stranger in new territory where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells everywhere you go. So, all right. Good idea, bad idea. Rob McLean. The Chiefs reach a deal with undrafted free agent Shea Patterson out of Michigan. Good idea, bad idea.
1: Um, I mean, good idea. I think anybody that's going to contribute to you know anywhere on that team is is anything that's going to put them over the edge you know they're the super world champions so i think anybody's happy to go there and anybody uh is going to be utilizing that offense or defense or special teams the best way possible so good idea
0: yeah, I co-signed with that I think it's a good idea and I think because one then they're not they didn't have to get a lot of money to get him and two I think he's one of the better quarterbacks uh, that weren't drafted that no one's talking about now how this guy went undrafted is beyond me you got a 10 and three and a nine and four record with Michigan and all of his best stats like most completions uh most t- most yards passing happened against top 10 teams against Wisconsin against Ohio State I don't know if I don't I don't I didn't delve that deep into it to know if they were garbage time yards but it seems like this guy's throwing his touchdown passes and doing all of his best work against big teams now the bowl games are the biggest stage where you get you get hosed because the other team is significantly more talented of course you're not going to look good but someone must have talked to Harbaugh about this guy and I'm glad it was the Kansas City Chiefs good job Andy Reid
1: well on the other side of that too you know you have if you can get a quarterback in the you know fifth sixth fourth fifth sixth round or undrafted free agent you know and flip them in two or three years for you know a second third fourth round pick you know it's really important very high draft value
0: definitely third question good idea bad idea rob nfl preseason schedule is out and the regular season schedule is coming out this week good idea bad idea
1: um i mean bad idea i just think it's a little too early to um put out a schedule determining that the games are going to for sure happen when you don't know where or when it's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to happen at a certain time. Um, I just think it's a little uh, irresponsible.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's a good idea, and I'm erring on the side of caution. are the same reasons why I said it for the last uh, – every other instance with the AVP and the other things. You have a schedule, something's set, and if you have to cancel it, you cancel it. But if you cancel it now and then things circle around where you could have started sooner than you would, it's, it's much more difficult to scramble and assemble than it is to disassemble. Uh, it's easy Legos it's easier to knock down the it's right it's easier to knock down the block building than it is, than it is to, to, to put up the building blocks at the very last minute um, however yes. more adventurous and exciting
1: but but also Please. to counter that it's also more difficult to start something up break it down and then start it back up again too you know so there's a flip side to it where possibly you could uh, <clears throat> you know be ready to go as soon as the restrictions are ready to be lifted
0: very very well said, my man. And we're back. Split screen. <laughs> All right. On this day in sports. We talked about Pete Rose getting hit number three thousand. Pretty significant. On this day in sports, the last game, the Boston Garden. Um nineteen ninety five. Celtics beat the Magic and they closed down the Boston Garden and whatever the hell it's called now, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> like
1: T D Garden believe, or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um Taylor Crab, Jake Gr- Jake Gibb, on um, Huntington Beach, this May 5th, last year uh beat uh, chase buttinger and casey patterson in the men's finals which was which i thought uh huntington beach last year almost rivaled the fivb co-promotion the year before it was just exciting qualifier um um from the qualifiers all the way up you have jeff samuels and dave palm don't even get into the main draw they lose to um uh, clemens blend and clemens and dylan Merrick, and these are a bunch of main draw worthy teams um not even making it out of the qualifier, and then when push came to shove, Chase Budinger showed his worth and his and his rapid improvement. Casey Patterson is always uh, initially good with new partners. He, he's he's one of those guys that wanes off the more you play with him because it's a copycat league, and sooner or later they figure out how you' playing. Mm-hmm. Casey's got to figure out a way to sustain that. Um, I won't call it beginner's luck because, in, in this at this point of his career, it ain't luck; it's just skill. But it's one uh, sustain um, the um performances he has early however you want to slice that
1: just yeah. um, sustain maintain the partnership you know because it's just as difficult to maintain it as it is to find it you know
0: yep and it's again like we said in the beginning of the of uh the show we found out um we found out yesterday. Af- found out yesterday afternoon, which is now. Wink, wink. Don Shula passed away at age 90. Nice long, healthy career for a job as stressful as as an NFL coach. You don't really hear of coaches living that long. We can, and if you do, we have to. We know who they are, or <laughs> we can name them by name. So, one of the most intriguing things. There's a lot of things to remember about Don Shula. Okay, and I, I hope I'm not taking away any of your material. Um, perfect season, undefeated. You know, playoffs undefeated, regular season perfect season, seventeen and zero to win the Super Bowl. Uh, he's, a, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He coached um, the um, Baltimore Colts, who were um, who had Johnny Unitas. Um, that was he was coaching a team, I believe, that lost to the Jets. Eubank. Uh, U- uh, um, uh, so the thing that intrigues me about him is he has three hundred and twenty-eight regular season wins. And in the thirty-three-year career, that's basically ten. Um, I'll skew it off, and I'll say ten plus. The actual math is just under ten, but when you consider in the seventies there weren't a, there weren't sixteen-game seasons, right? So it's kind of like just over ten. And to sustain that for thirty-three years with two teams is is a boss. All right, so that's 328 regular season wins, 347 if you count the playoffs, two Super Bowls, one perfect season, the only perfect season so far. And that's what I got about Don Shula.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, not really much more that I can really add, you know. Um, I just think it's – I always remember that because, you know, you never beat that season. You know, that's, that's Dan Marino, Don Shula, you know, the offensive line. The, the the two two-headed dragon and running yeah. back you know the that's running the game team. was just sick you know mm-hmm. that's, that's football it was truly football yeah so
0: the, the man was an encyclopedia too so true football is you know what you just said is better than like 300 the 320 words i just said in my in my, in my um long soliloquy um uh, by the way i uh, i said 328 uh, regular season wins the guy who's second Uh, three thirteen. So he's fifteen wins behind him. That's George Halas, and way behind all of them. Two hundred and seventy three is Bill Belichick, who I think is probably gonna. I think he's trying to get to that record or or die trying. He's. I think he might die trying. Two hundred and seventy three. He will. Two hundred seventy three to three (laughs) hundred and twenty eight. Because he's not gonna retire. He's gonna die. I think Bill Belichick is going to die trying. He. I don't think he'll be on the field. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he better start eating a little bit healthier because I mean, that hoodie ain't hiding that whole that, that Yoda that's body. Why,
1: <laughs> that's why he cut the hoodie because now it's just a loose hoodie. And you don't even know anymore. He <laughs> can get as loose as he wants.
0: Well, hey, with that being said, hang loose, my man thanks for making this episode possible this is again this is episode 15 we're gonna name it later because we ain't we ain't into naming our stuff now we just feel it out uh, Gave you guys a healthy dose of football mixed martial arts um, for those of you that are avid fans thank you for joining us because we love our we love us on MMA and for beach volleyball we're gonna talk to, a little uh, 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 trailer ton about that next week I, I interviewed um, Duran Forbes last week and she actually I actually went on her show and we talked about what's next up for our beach volleyball national events and for the how the coaches prepare you're one of the coaches and um definitely highlighted you and i want to i want to say some fun stuff about you but which can wait for to next week because you're the same person this week as you were last week and you're going to be the same person next week as you were this week anything to add rob
1: uh no man everybody stay safe keep clean your hands stay out the stores
0: Yep. Clean your hands.
1: Wash your ass. Even if we're gonna reopen, you know, and that's across the world, you know, even if you're gonna reopen, you can not protest. You don't have to protest. You can just stay at home, be safer at home. You know, just be safer at home. I was just gonna say that. Federally mandated to stay at home, to just you know isolate yourself if you know that neighborhood around you gets sick for a little bit, stay home for fourteen days. You know, follow the guidelines. uh, Like a critical thing not yeah. as you know a robot you know. yeah
0: i mean for Understand me what you're
1: doing so you can do it better
0: for me i don't i don't <clears throat> i haven't done any research on any study of herd immunity what's better between herd immunity and just waiting it waiting out a virus that's at your door but i do think the smart thing to do is if you're out practice still practice social distancing and if and if for the people who think everything opens up too soon there's no federal mandate that says you have to leave your house i like what you said stay home continue to stay home i will you know, maybe yeah. we'll, maybe you and I will eventually. Maybe we'll do some quarantining. Quarantining is when we, you know, we're not symptomatic. We test it negative, and then we'll we'll do in studio where we'll we will continue to practice social distancing. Have you distancing? Have you seen the size of this desk? <laughs> okay, I got a big desk, dude. If you call me, they'll charge you long distance. It's a big desk, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Uh, Rob love you man and for everybody listening and I speak for Rob keeping McLean McLean and myself when I say thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you next week love you to pieces we're out come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com it's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports handle. you're gonna love what you hear